And I don't know if they're necessarily singing Kumbaya, but I think we're in a much better place today than we were at this hour yesterday. Doug Ford making what I thought was a substantial gesture and the union accepting it. We're joined by Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now with the Ontario Real Estate Association. And Tim, I'm very curious about your thoughts on this because I think it's a mistake to try to establish winners and losers. I think actually in the gesture that uh, Doug Ford made, he sort of pushed that stuff aside and said, okay, let's stop with the end games here. Let's actually try to renegotiate and get kids back to school. That's a fair way of putting it, John. I I think his message was uh, the right tone. It was clear. It certainly would resonate with uh, with parents and uh, students uh, alike. Um, You can't help but look at winners and losers in this and and what it means for the long term. But I can tell you in the short term, as a dad, I'm I'm happy my girls are back at school today. The the sadness that they had looking through the computer screens was heartbreaking to see. And it's interesting, my youngest asked questions too, like, well, does this mean that brownies is canceled? Does this mean we can't go out to restaurants? They associate it with a very dark time. Having spent the longest time, John, in Canada, I think at a state or provincial level anywhere, being out of school. So the premier put water in his wine. This will get us back, I think, into the classroom and hopefully a deal, which I think will be biased more towards the union side as a result of all this. But long term, John, I'm still very worried. Why so? But I think this show this this reinforces the power that the education unions have. And when I saw the education workers, the leaders on the stage, as I watched that press conference, I think it's entirety. You know, I felt like it was a flashback to the 1970s. I don't recall them at all saying this is about the kids' uh, motive, other than you know, sort of singing union union songs. And the more power they have the other day, I think that's actually causing our decline in education. Look, we. We have more teachers than ever before. We have more support workers than ever before. We spend more in the education budget than ever before. But but our, our results are actually declining compared to our uh, challengers in, in other countries. I feel the education system, uh, the quality, the, the, in, the investment of teachers in my kids' success has diminished uh, over time. I think it's time for a grand new bargain because this current path costs us more and gets us less for our kids. So Toronto's Integrity Commissioner is going to resume an inquiry that was set aside during the election campaign into John Tory's ties to Rogers. And this, I think it's notable that the complaint was filed by somebody who loves filing complaints against uh, mayors of Toronto. But at the same time, I think it is worthy of investigation. Um, you know, that if John Tory may be too cozy with a major corporation, even though he's the elected mayor of Toronto. Yeah, it's the right process. It, it, it began before the election. I think it was filed uh, conveniently at that time to try to cause yeah. political damage to Mayor Tory. And the uh, commissioner said, no, I'll, I'll resume this after the election campaign. Look, I, I don't look. Uh, John Tory is bulletproof when it comes to I- integrity. He is very careful on these fronts. I can't think of a single time and I've known him and worked with him side by side for a couple of decades now. I can't think of a single questionable decision. Uh, he has declared a conflict of interest at least dozens of times anything to do with Rogers. And I find this rather specious that he couldn't make a decision on active TO, such a broad citywide program, because he sits on a board that controls part of the votes for Rogers Corporation. I just don't buy it. The process is look, it works good for it, but I think voters already rendered their decision on Mayor Tory with such a strong re-election where this is not an issue at all. So there's a major climate conference going on right now. Um, but Tim Hudek, I think whoever it is who's been sowing disinformation and talking down climate change, I think they've largely succeeded because I don't get the feeling that the world is paying any attention. 
It had its place, but it, it increasingly just became a stage where leaders of, of all nations, including our own, would go and make pledges that I don't believe they had much of a commitment to actually keep. Right, Every year they would increase their commitments on reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and their target dates kept going further into the future. Greta Thunberg, the right, I guess the conscience of these types of things, even refuses to go anymore. And I think it got to the point, John, because it couldn't enforce any uh, actual outcomes. It couldn't c- compel leaders to actually make good on the promises just to make more promises but it became mockable to the point where you had like 35 to 40,000 people you know converging on their planes and private jets in some location with enormous emissions of greenhouse gases it was probably best before date about three or four years ago at best okay but doesn't it worry you you're the father of two young girls who are going to deal with the consequences of climate change moving forward and we still have people running for election today in the united states who insist climate change doesn't even exist yeah, I think voters render their verdicts on that. You've seen it play a role here in uh, in Canada. Fair point uh, on on the American side, although they've done a better job, I think, reducing their emissions than we have here uh, in in Canada uh, to make a fair comparison. But nonetheless, I think voters are educated in this issue. They put it in the balance of what would be a proper reduction without doing greater harm to our economy or a cost of living. I think there's enough here that you can either on a country-wide basis or even a North American basis, make the right decisions, not in some far-off land where it's more about showing off than actually making a right call. So it looks like the holiday for people ordering all kinds of stuff online and then being able to send stuff back without any charges coming to an end. I can't say I'm all that surprised. And Tim, when I hear that, for example, someone will order three pairs of shoes and send two of them back after they've taken a closer look, I mean, what retailer can possibly support that? Yeah, we'll get into the proper balance uh, here. It'll evolve. Yeah, when you hear that thirty to thirty to forty percent return rate, I guess John, for some online shopping, show they were taken advantage of. It was abused, and as a result, they'll put limits uh, on that. It still is. You know, trying to think, we've returned things from time to time, but uh, you know, one item at a time here or there. It, it is convenient. It causes me to shop more often. But I think at the end of the day, these companies will find a balance depending on you know how badly their return policy is abused. I do like the notion too of some companies coming together, probably a broad array, and having you know localized drop-off spots. Just like you can pick up your Amazon package somewhere else, I suspect there will be return counters for all kinds of online shoppers to make this a smoother process and reduce their overall costs. Uh, back for a second to American politics. Big day today. We'll definitely interpret the results tomorrow. But Donald Trump making it more than clear yesterday that he is going to run for president again. Your thoughts? Yeah, unsurprising, right? I mean, he, he truly believes they didn't lose the last election. He truly believes he's a colleague. I don't think the guy could live. He, he feeds on the oxygen of the spotlight and the controversy and couldn't survive uh, without it. Check the odds this morning. He is the odds-on favorite to win the presidency in 2024. You could bet, uh, if you bet $100, you'd win 333 of the odds. Number two, by the way, Ron DeSantis, who I would prefer as a Republican candidate. You get a number of the same economic, security, immigration policies without the career. Crazy, and I think more electable. He's number two, Biden third. Interestingly, though, John, The Rock, Rocky Johnson, comes in at number 10 ahead of Hillary Clinton. So for wrestling fans out there who just like The Rock, he's actually made the top 10. I'd go for that.
You know, I mean, look at Vladimir Zelensky, for Pete's sake. He's a, a, an actor who gets elected. It's like, uh, you know, Dave. And uh, he ends up being a very, very successful administrator. I would take that over all these career politicians, ratbags and grifters any day. <laughs> and that's, that's quite a list. Well, he's moved up to number 10 and maybe someday. But I think tonight we will actually see um, the Republicans capture uh, the Senate and, and, of course, uh, the House. We'll see how Joe Biden reacts to that one. That happened to Bill Clinton, for example. He had a significant bounce back and, and coasted to a re-election victory. Do I think that Clinton has the same, sorry, Biden has the same energy or resolve as, as Clinton? Uh, I don't I think it's a bad news night for Biden. Thanks very much. Good to have you, sir. Have a great day.